bonkers. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands is being killed you will remain unscathed and unharmed you will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back for what they have done when we live our lives within the shadow of god most high our secret hiding place we will always be shielded from harm how then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us god sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go defending you from all harm if you walk into a trap they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you. For you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed you will remain unscathed and unharmed you will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back for what they have done when we live our lives within the shadow of god most high our secret hiding place we will always be shielded from harm how then could evil prevail against or disease infect us. God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, Thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. Good morning to everybody. Just want to welcome you here today to Victory Christian Fellowship. And if you're watching online, we want to say hello to you. Thanks for tuning in. Father, we're so grateful and thankful that you are good and great and mighty God. And Lord, you share your power. You share your authority with us. And Lord, we honor you in this place today. We give you the glory and the praise that's due your name. And we bless you today. Thank you, Lord, for being who you are. Thank you for your word and your presence and your Holy Spirit. And we give you the highest praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's stand together this morning. We're here to worship God. Amen. God is
It's a privilege to worship you, maker of the universe. It's an honor just to stand
a minute as you guys play the next song. Just let's just worship. I feel like if you brought sadness with you, it has to go. Oh, we remove every trace of sadness in this room today. If you're watching us and you're sad today, it's got to go. to me let's go into the house of the Lord there's refuge here there's peace in this place there's love in God's breath oh we worship you Jesus oh I will sing of the good
God's a good God. The Word of God says that His goodness goes before you and leads you to repentance. God will never criticize you, but He will point out your sin. He will point out the things that don't please Him that you're doing or participating in. But He is a good God. He has forgiven you. He has redeemed you. He has saved you. And He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He is for you. He's not against you. He is with you. He hasn't left you. Our God is good. You need to celebrate His goodness, His forgiveness, His love, His faithfulness. I didn't come to condemn the world but I came to save the world he doesn't condemn us even when we're not where we should be or doing what we should do he's not condemning us he is making a way to get us to where we need to be he's already made the way he is the way he is the truth he is the life all we gotta do is follow that hallelujah I want you, I want everybody in this place, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to picture Jesus high and lifted up, sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for you, cheering you on, pulling for you, and I want you to give him the best praise that you have within yourself, in the name of Jesus. Father, we exalt you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And your Holy Spirit, which you've given to us before you left, you poured him out on all of us. And Lord, we thank you that you're a living God. You're a person who has a voice and you speak. And Lord... Speak to us now. Shetoko dia shate, O nahae, Kiako shanaha, Kiako nahe, Kieshanae, Yoko nashaniaka, O naha, Kiaka shaneakoko ho, Yehe. I have loosed the bonds of wickedness. I have broken the chains that have held you back. I've used my keys and I have opened the prison doors so that you can be free. I declare you to be free indeed today. For I am the Lord, your God, 
and I have freed you. Be free. Be free. Be free. Well, you may have your seats. We're going to have communion. And we have the elements in the back there. I want you to go ahead and get your elements there and prepare to come to the Lord's table. Hallelujah. This is a great time. This, uh, this is a meal that heals. This is a meal that saves. This is a meal that is a portrait of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we love to celebrate communion together. And we try to do it every second Sunday of the month unless there are some extenuating circumstances. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you what, God loves you so much. Man. (laughs) All we got to do is, we don't even have to understand his love. We just got to receive it. It's already been given to you. Hallelujah. It's the devil who condemns. But God, he sets you free. He looses you. Glory to God. You're in a great place today. And you need to share your experience here with others. Amen. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. And I'll be reading from the Amplified. It says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is with you? Or within you, I'm sorry. Whom you have received as a gift from God. What a gift. That you are not your own property. You were bought with a price. Say, I was bought. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. Jesus paid a price for us. The price for our sin was blood. Not just any blood. But this blood was pure blood. This was pure God blood. This was God the Father's blood that was coursing through Jesus' veins. Because when Mary became pregnant, it was by the power from on high, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon her and she conceived in her womb. From God to her womb, there was no other human interaction. This was the immaculate conception. And that blood was pure because he never sinned. That blood was priceless because he committed no crime. He did no wrong. He never, ever dishonored God. And he, and on that cross, 
that blood was shed with the crown of thorns, the nails, the whippings, the beatings, was, blood was shed. He was paying the price for our sin. And as that blood shed, forgiveness was flowing. Freedom was flowing. Access had been given for us to go to directly to God. When he was bleeding on the cross, what did God do? He tore that temple in two. I mean the temple veil, not the temple, but the temple veil. Amen? That gave us access. On the cross was payment made. All right, let's go to Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. Careful, this might cause shouting. Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs crucified on a tree or a cross. In order that Christ, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Glory to God, because of the cross, we have the blessing that was on Abraham. Amen? So that we would receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And we were redeemed with incorruptible, perfect, clean, crisp and clear blood. We have been washed and bought in the blood of Jesus. And this juice that we're going to drink, it represents the blood. This bread that we're going to eat, it represents his body that was broken so the blood could come out. You know, blood can't come out unless the body's broken. If your body stays intact, so does the blood. Amen? But I'm telling you, when Jesus was in the garden, his sweat became blood. He broke every curse that was on, on, on the fall through his blood. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for the blood. How about you? Glory to God. The cross was God's purchase. That was where the purchase was made. And thank God he made such a good purchase. He doesn't have to buy it again. It was once and done for all of us. What he did on the cross covered all of humanity from generation to generation. Those that were, those that are, and those that will come. There was power in that blood that was shed for every human being. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Jesus, before he was going to be crucified, before he was going to become sin, who knew no sin. You know, he didn't know sin, but he became it for you and I. He took our sin. And our pain and our punishment. He said, as they, Matthew 26, he said, as they were eating, in verse 26, as they were eating, Jesus took bread after blessing it while he multiplied it for every one of us. He broke it and gave it to his disciples and take, eat, this is my body. Let's take and eat. This is his body. Mmm. And as we eat his body, his body becomes our body. Hallelujah. And then when they had taken 
Then when he had taken the cup, he had given thanks. <laughs> this blows me away because he knows that that cup represents his blood. He was going about to shed some blood. And what is he doing? He's giving thanks. He's giving thanks. He gave thanks. And he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is being poured out for many for the, remit, for the forgiveness of sins. Let's drink to our forgiveness. Hallelujah. And we need to give God a shout. Thank you, Lord, for this transaction that was done for all of human humanity in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Say it's done. Say it's finished. Say it's completely done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm overly excited today. Today's a good day. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. My beautiful doctor. (laughs) We want to, what we like to do here at VCF is speak the word. Amen. We've been given the privilege by Jesus himself to speak his word. And we want to invite every one of us to come together and make a confession based on God's word. By faith, faith, I choose choose to walk and live in the love of God is love, and we live for him and walk with him. We welcome and receive God's perfect love, and we are fearless. Love is having God's nature within us. Love is God's adhesive power that binds us together. Love is the fruit of the recreated human spirit planted in our heart by God. Love is born of the Spirit of God. Love makes my faith work. Love is God in action. God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved that he acted. Jesus so loved that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. He chose to love me. He showed his love to me. And he gave his love to me. Love transforms our lives, our workplaces, and our homes. It makes life better. Our love abounds more and more and displays itself in greater depths, in real knowledge, and in practical insight. We have unfailing and fervent love for one another. We overlook unkindness, and we unselfishly seek the best for others. Through God's love, we are more thoughtful, gentle, and tender. Our love never grows old, and it never wears out. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen.
Good morning, VCF. All right, we have a few announcements for today. The first one is after service today, we are celebrating Dr. Fiona's birthday. So we will have snacks and fellowship right after service. Also, real quick after service as well, we are having a mowing meeting with Pastor Doug. So that is for anyone who is on the mowing team or if you are interested in joining the mowing team. You won't miss any snacks, okay? <laughs> yeah, so the mowing team or a green team, I think as it's called, helps keep the grounds nice. So mowing, flowers, all of the beautiful stuff that you see for our seven acres of land, I think it is. So we are thankful for the people who are keeping up with it. All right. On Tuesday, we have youth group at 6 o'clock. Tell you what, youth has been awesome. So just this past Saturday, yesterday actually, we had our youth breakfast and we encountered the love of God and we just praised him and worshiped him and it was awesome. So I encourage you to talk to the youth. All of our youth services that we have, youth group, our breakfast, anytime we get together, um, it just flows. And so I'm going to take this part. I'm actually going to do our fact in the middle of our announcements today. Um, so at one of our youth things, we stayed after to do a summer strategy. So for those of you who are on Facebook, you might have seen the video that Pastor Nadine and I posted about electricity. I asked so many questions. Thank you, Devon, for your patience, because he explained all about how electricity works. And so one of the things is um, with electricity, a lot of copper is used in it because it is a good conductor. And the reason it's a good conductor is because it's pretty pure, and that means there's no resistance. So the electricity can flow through it. Also, part of electricity is um, voltage and current. There's a lot of things we learned. So voltage is the power, and current is how much electricity is flowing through. So Holy Spirit is our power. And we get to participate in that. And as we don't resist, all the electricity and power gets to flow through us. So at youth and all of our services here at VCF, we don't want to resist Holy Spirit at all. And that allows the power to flow through us. So it is awesome. I encourage you, all of our youth events are for ages 12 and older. All right, Wednesday, we have our Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30 p.m. Awesome. It is refreshing. There is no Wednesday night refreshing on July 27th, so like two and a half weeks from now, for those of you who like to plan. And there will also be no Barnabas this July either. All right, and then just keep in mind, we have our long-term project still going on. So our VCF kitchen project, where we are getting a new refrigerator, new stoves, making it look nice, and our project for our stage lights as well. And that's all the announcements I have. Hallelujah. We don't just have announcements. We have announcements that inspire and preach. Hallelujah. We appreciate our announcers so much. They do such a fantastic job. 
Glory to God. Before we dismiss the kids, I just want to share with you uh, two passages of Scripture. Uh, one in Psalm 20. Psalm 20. And uh, verses uh, 1 to 5. And then uh, we're going to go to Psalm 96. Psalm 20, in verse 1, says, The Lord hear you in the day of trouble. Anybody ever been in trouble? Amen. The name of God of Jacob defend you. Send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. Remember all your offerings. You know, God remembers your offerings. And uh, if you read the Old Testament, there were a lot of people, when the Lord appeared to them, they would go out of their way to make sure that they got an offering to him. Gideon, uh, Jacob, Abraham, they always said, you know, uh, even Samson's parents, they said, wait a minute while we go and prepare. And they, they made the Lord wait, and the Lord waited. Amen? And... Uh, Then he said in verse 4, grant you according to your own heart and fulfill your counsel. All right. And uh, verse 5, we will rejoice in the salvation and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. Hallelujah. Guess what? After you pray, when you're in trouble, you got to expect the Lord to hear and uh, know that he remembers your offerings. Amen. And you can set up your banner. That's your victory banner. That says, that says, I've got the victory. You may not see it or feel it, but you got it. Amen. And then go to Psalm 96. Psalm 96 and just verse 8. Glory to God. It says, give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Verse 9, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fear before him all the earth. So part of our worship to God is our giving. Amen? Do we have anything that God hasn't given us? And he asks us to give to him. So, Father, I just give you thanks and praise for the offerings and the givers and the tithers, Lord, and we thank you for their gifts and their tithes that they have brought to you, that they've invested in your kingdom. We receive them as unto the Lord, and Lord, I thank you that they are prospered, protected, and provided for in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we give to Rama Bible Training Center on a regular basis, and we have a return on our gift right now. We, we want to welcome Sean uh, Messick, who's back visiting with us. He completed his first year. You, you have anything that you'd like to say, Sean? Yeah. Get, get the microphone from Dr. Fiona. Hallelujah. Looking good, Sean. Yeah, so as Pastor Doug just said, I'll be here for the next week or two. Okay, it's great to be back at VCF with all the training that I got here. Uh, me and Gabe just finished our first years at Rama Bible Training College, so we're halfway through our education there. We're also attending another college online, getting our business degrees, so we're staying really busy. 
But I'm glad that I had the foundation here to train me to go out there because otherwise I would not have been prepared. So I'm glad that I knew what I knew before I left and that I had a great family and friends here to keep me firm and found and on the foundation. So I'm, I'm just thankful to be back and it's great to see everybody. <laughs> That was awesome. I'll tell you what, praise God. Glory to God. And then we're going to be investing in Rhema again this year as Kelsey will be going and starting her school there. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we are so glad that we have incredible teaching for kids. Amen. We have some kids here who are living in faith every day. They are kids' life. And we want to dismiss you kids and the teachers today. Have a great class. Be blessed. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, yesterday, I was trying to uh, set up a prayer walk. And yesterday, uh, one of my friends... Uh, him and I, we went and did a prayer walk in Palmyra. We walked five miles up and down Main Street of Palmyra. And uh, he gave me this staff. And uh, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. And he has a lot of staffs. He said this was the only one that he felt led to give us. And he's the, this is the only one that has writing on both sides. Double, double. All right. And um, so I actually walked with the staff uh, throughout Palmyra yesterday, and we prayed, and we declared, and we made declarations. And uh, at one part of our journey, um, my friend, he's a very prophetic. He's done walks across the state of Pennsylvania. He's done walks across the country, and uh, that's just his thing, and uh it was just great, you know. My muscles are glad that I walked. <laughs> I can feel their excitement. <laughs> and um, as we walked, he, he, he got this word about Rusty Bolt. And it just so happens that as we were walking, I found a rusted bolt on the ground. And uh, he put some sanitizer on it. But we felt like this rusted bolt, it represented a religious spirit. You know, when people get religious, they get stiff. You know, like a, a bolt that's rusted, it's hard to turn. It gets stuck in its place. When a person... Wants to come to church. They get stuck. So what gets you unstuck? Oil of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes God inspires, you get so overwhelmed in a, in a presence of the Lord, you, you want to praise God, but, you know, when I first got born again, it was difficult for me to lift my hand. Why? Because the church that I grew up in, we didn't lift our hands. Are you kidding me? Oh, no. So we get rusted. You know, 
And we've all done, done, done something with rust, right? And I looked up, during worship, I looked up some scriptures about what the Bible says about rust. Pull up uh, Matthew 6. Matthew 6 and verse uh, 19. Matthew 6 and verse 19. I'm just going to share my heart a little bit about yesterday. It was a good day. Amen? We made some declarations at intersections of our city. We were breaking strongholds. Amen? And uh, listen, sometimes prayer is warfare. But thank God that we have the ability to pray and to speak to things. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Verse 20. But lay up your, yourselves in heaven. Some verses say, uh, where moth and rust destroy. Everybody say rust. Uh, yeah, where neither moth nor rust destroys. See, so if you're a rusty person, you've got some destruction working in you. You've got some corrosion on you. The Bible says about removing the dross from the silver. Rust is dross. It's oxidation on metal. It makes, it, it wears down the metal. It wears down its strength. And we need some oil. The oil of the Holy Spirit. So this is my shepherd's staff. And, uh, Go to Ezekiel chapter 24. Ezekiel 24 and verse 12. Ezekiel 24 and verse 12. Hallelujah. She has grown weary with lies and her great scum has not gone from her. Other translations they say, it, it, go to the next part. She, uh, let there be scum in the fire. And uh, this one says, with its thick rust. Sometimes we need to get the rust removed. And the only thing that removes rust is the oil of the Holy Spirit. And if you've been feeling like a rusty bolt, one that is stiff, stayed, immovable. God wants you to do something and you resist it. Amen. We need some oil. Oil of the Holy Spirit. I want you to stand to your feet right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) Father, I just give you thanks and praise that you anoint your people right now, every one of us with fresh oil, the oil of joy of the Lord. Lord, anoint their heads with oil so their cup runs over, Father. And I thank you that the oil of your Holy Spirit is moving in our minds. It's moving in our hearts. It's moving in our bodies. It's loosening us. It's freeing us. It's unsticking us. I declare and I decree in the name of Jesus. If you're a person that has felt rusty, I want you to receive this word right now. Receive the oil. See the oil flowing from your head down to your feet in the name of Jesus. See that freshness of God's presence come on you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And give God a shout and a praise for his goodness, for his faithfulness. Hallelujah.
Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Listen, it's easy for us to get built up, but it's just as easy for the oil to loose it. You know, it doesn't take too many uh, squirts from WD-40 to loosen a nut, right? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you got some loose nuts? We got some loose nuts in the body of Christ. Amen. Loose nuts. Hallelujah. Yeah, people may think you're a nut. That's right. I am. I'm a loose nut. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, the Holy Spirit is a mover. Can you imagine dancing with someone that doesn't move? Imagine having a dance partner and all they do is just stand there. The other person dancing, you're like, that would be weird, right? The Holy Ghost is a mover. You've got to be able to dance with him. In order to be able to dance, you've got to be able to move. We should not have any problem raising our hands in this place. We should not have any problem raising our voice in this place. We should not have any problem moving our feet in this place. Amen? Why? We've got the oil. And you can take as many dips in that oil as you need to to get unloosed. God will give you more than enough oil to loose the stiffness of the religion that has gotten on you. Listen, if you're living and you made a mistake, just repent and get right with God. It takes seconds. Amen? But no, no, the devil wants to keep you down, keep you in a pity party. You know, if you have a pity party, the Lord does not attend. Amen? Listen, the prophet Elijah was having a pity party in the cave, and God said, what are you doing here? Right? He didn't say, oh, this is a lovely party. No. He said, what? you're in the wrong place, man. son. You're in the wrong place. Get up and do what you need to do. And he's like, woe is me, woe is me, I'm the only one. And God says, excuse me, Elijah, but there's 7,000 that hasn't bowed their knee. You aren't the only one that's going through what you're going through. But you got a God who can help you. So we had a good prayer walk yesterday. We're going to do more of that. And... uh We're going to do some training in evangelism coming up in the fall. I haven't set a date yet, but the Lord put on my heart that we need to train some people for evangelism. Amen? Listen, even soldiers go through basic training. And we as believers need to go through some basic training. All right. You ready for the word this morning? Today... I want you to learn how to partner with Jesus. Amen? How many want to partner with Jesus? All right? In order to partner with Jesus, we have to understand why he came and how to use his name. Amen? Because if you're going to partner with Jesus, you've got to know why he came. And then you've got to know how to use his name. Glory to God. All right. So let me tell you some reasons why 
Jesus came. Luke 10, 19. All right, we're going to look at a lot of scripture. If you have a Bible, if you have a device, or you can look on the screen, however you want to do it. But uh, don't just listen to the word or don't just look to the word, but be prepared to do it. How many doers do we have in the building today? I mean, you're going to be willing to do it. I mean, if you don't do it, it's not going to help you. All right, Luke 19 and verse 10. Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which is lost. What was lost? Man was lost. How did he, how did he lose? He gave up his authority. He gave up his dominion and he sinned. Amen? So the result of one man's sin came upon everybody. And man lost when he sinned. So Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to look for you, but he also came to deliver you. He came to bring you up out of that miry clay. He came to rescue you. He came to seek and to save the lost. Hallelujah. Jesus is God's, is heaven's private eye. And he, he found and he discovered what was lost. But he didn't just leave it lost. He found it. He'd saved it. Amen. Aren't you glad that God saved you? Amen. Hallelujah. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And we see some other reasons why Jesus came. Luke chapter 1 and verses 32 and 33. Right? The angel was telling Mary, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. So when you're given a throne, that means you get to reign. Jesus is king of who? Kings. Somebody say kings. He is king of kings. We are the kings he's king of. Amen. He's given us his authority, his name, his power. All right? And verse 33, he shall reign over the house of Jacob for a part time, for 10 years, for 20 years. How long? Forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. He came to build a kingdom that's never going to quit, never going to end, never going to stop. Jesus is building the kingdom and the kingdom of God is already at hand because the king came. Amen. And guess what? The king went back home, but the king's coming again. Hallelujah. And when he comes again, he's going to establish everything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's going to defeat the last enemy called death. Amen. All right. What else did Jesus come to do? Jesus came to be Savior. Look at verse 47. Luke 1, 47. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. So he came to save. He didn't come to hurt, didn't come to harm. He came to save. He's a savior. Amen. Anybody that believes in him is saved. What are you saved from? You're saved from hell. Glory to God. You're saved from destruction. You're saved from the devil's influence. You're saved from the devil's work. 
You're saved out of a fallen world. Hallelujah. He's my savior. So he came to save people. Right? And he told the shepherds, unto us a savior is born. Glory to God, he was born to save. Hallelujah. Jesus was born to save. That was his purpose. That's why he came. To redeem mankind. All right, go to Luke uh, verse 50, chapter 1, verse 50. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He came to show us mercy. Guess what? How often is his mercy made? New every morning. Today, God made you a fresh stack of mercy. Mercy pancakes, mercy eggs, mercy toast, mercy coffee, mercy tea, whatever. God came to show us mercy. And he will always, 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 this is his pattern throughout the word, he shows mercy before he ever shows judgment. God's judging America. No, he's going to show mercy first. Amen? Amen? He came to show mercy. Look at verse 51. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of his heart. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. Glory to God. He came uh, to do mighty things. Our God is not weak. He is mighty. He is the almighty. Is there anyone more mighty than him? No. He is almighty. He came to do mighty things, good things, miracles, signs and wonders, mighty things, acts of power, demonstration of goodness. This is what he came to do. If you want to work with him, guess what? You got to do these things. He empowered you to do these things. He didn't just come to do it and go home. No, he came so that we could do it. We could follow him. He's our example. He's our pattern. He's our model. Hallelujah. All right. Look at verses 68 and 69. Why did Jesus come? 68 and 69. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. He has visited and redeemed his people. Hi, I'm here to visit, but I'm also here to redeem you. Amen. Why was he visiting? He only spent 33 and a half years here. Right? He, he was in heaven, then he came to earth, then he went back to heaven. He was only here for a short time. He came here for a visit. Hi, how you doing? I'm Jesus. Well, well, come on in. Welcome. What do you do with a visitor? You welcome them. Right? Especially if one like Jesus. But you know what? Not everybody welcomes him. When Jesus knocks on the door sometimes, people say, oh, it's you, and they shut the door. All right, verse 69, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. So he came to uh, provide redemption and salvation. Redemption means he added value to you. The devil devalued you, but God added value to you. Say, I'm valuable to God. Say, I'm precious to God. Oh, you are. He paid the highest price for you. That anyone would ever pay. 
All right? Verses 71 and 72. That we should be saved from our enemies. He came to save you from our enemies. Who's our enemy? Satan, the devil, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Those are our enemies. And we're saved from them. Glory to God. And from the hand of all that hate us. They hate me. Yeah, but you got someone who saved you from them. Quit focusing on the people that hate you and start focusing on the one who loves you. Amen? You get so caught up with the people who hate you, focus on the one who loves you. All right, verse 72, to perform mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. He came to remember his word. All right? Hallelujah. Look at verse, uh, look at chapter 2, verse 32. Chapter 2, verse 32. He said, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Is Jesus the light of the world? He came to be a light to you. Amen. He's the only one that can turn on your light. He's the only one that can resurrect a person from spiritual death. Amen. He, not only is he light, but he gives light. Hallelujah. When he enters your life, he illuminates you. He enlightens you. Hallelujah. And we're supposed to walk in that light. The light is the knowledge of him that we have. We're supposed to walk in that. He came to give light, not darkness. Light shows you the way. Darkness hides the way. He did not come so that we could just wander around on earth. What do I do? Where do I go? Who am I? I'm going to go to the mountains and find myself. No, you're not. I'm going to go to the beach and find myself. No, you're not. You need to go to Jesus. You need to go to the manufacturer. He's the only one who knows why you are. Hallelujah. All right, look at verse 34. Chapter 2, verse 34. Why did Jesus come? Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Jesus is the rock. And some people stumble over him. Other people step up. Are you one that stumbles over Jesus? Or are you one that steps up and becomes what Jesus wants you to be? Amen. He came for the rising and the fall of many. People who reject him fall. They're fallen. People who accept him, they're risen. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus came to rise you up or you could fall. And he doesn't make you fall. It's your choice. It's your response to him. Now, if you fall, he'll pick you up. I mean, Peter was drowning. Did you let him drown? He said, I mean, Peter didn't even, you didn't even hear bubbles. You know? Peter's head didn't get under the water. Why? Because his rescuer was right there. He didn't let him fall. I mean, after he was falling, he picked him up, I should say. Peter chose to fall. Why? He stumbled over the wind and the waves. He was fine when he was walking on Jesus, but when he looked to the circumstances, he was stumbling. Don't look to the circumstances of life. 
You've got to be able to read through the circumstances with the truth. Interpret the circumstances of life with the truth. Oh, I'm going through such a hard time. Well, you could look at it that way, or you could say, my God, this is an opportunity for God to work. Glory to God, God, you're working. Thank you for your deliverance. Amen? You can either complain or praise. It's your choice. Do, you know, complaining is not going to, complaining gets you no favor with God. He doesn't like complaining. Do you like complaining? If someone is around you, complain all the time. Do you want to be around them? Oh, they're such a nice person. They just complain all the time. I just love to hear their complaints. We don't even like complaining, but we, we, we expect God to love it. Why? Because sometimes people do it all the time. All right. All right. Uh, look at verse uh, 49. Chapter 2, verse 49. Jesus was uh, 12 years old at this time. And he said unto them, how is it that you, you sought me? Know you not that I must be about my father's business? He knew at a very young age that he had some business to attend to. Amen? Are you about the father's business? What's, what's, what's his business? First of all, it's his will for your life. Are you about the God's will for your life? Are you even seeking it? Do you even want it? Oh, God's going to give me his will. I'm just going to stand here. No. Look to the book. Everybody say, look to the book. I mean, you can't get a more clear will than this. You know, I was listening to a preacher yesterday, and uh, he was having a bad moment, a bad day, and uh, he was tired, weary. He was just crying out to God why things are the way they are. And God spoke to him and said, son, I've said a lot of things to you in my word, which means he wasn't doing what was in the word. God was, but God said, I said a lot of things to you in my word. You know, God's word is personal to you. This is God's love letter to you, every one of us. Amen? Okay. All right. Matthew uh, chapter 2, verse 6. Matthew 2, verse 6. In order to partner with Jesus, you got to understand what his purpose is and then how to use his name. So you already know my points. You're going to find out what God's purpose is, then you're going to find out how to use his name. Amen? Hallelujah. That way, we're partnering with him. Now, God doesn't want a partner that's just still doesn't do anything. Amen? God wants a partner who will, who will move with him. Amen? Can you imagine? How, you know, so um, when I was... Uh, Flying to Oklahoma the last time, this lady had a, a, a little dog, right? And they have like a turf area. And uh, the lady was bringing this dog. It was a little dog, right? And the dog was on a leash. And she started walking to this turf area. And the dog was like, puts its claws in, you know? And like, I mean... It probably wasn't that heavy, but she's like had to drag this dog, right? The dog was fighting not to go on this area. And sometimes that's how God, we're like, God, God wants to take us somewhere. We're like, we'll put our claws in. We don't, we don't want to go there, right? I don't know what's there. Just follow him. He's not going to lead you to someplace bad. Get your claws out of the ground and let loose of that. Just go with God. That little dog was fighting. 
It was, it was fun to watch. I mean, that, you know, she's trying, then finally she just had to pick the dog up. Cause the dog couldn't do anything about that. Sometimes God just has to pick you up. Say, I'm gonna take you over here. Ah! Oh, this is so wonderful. I should, I should have done this all the time. God's saying, yeah. But we resist where God wants to take us. Cause we don't know it, never been there, never experienced, don't know what to expect. But who's taking you there? Can't you trust him? God's never going to do anything to hurt you or to harm you. Everything he does is to help you. Even when he corrects us. It's there to help us. Matthew 2, 6. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art... Are you not least among the princes of Judah? For out of you shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Jesus came to take over the government. Isaiah 6, uh, 9 says his, the government is upon his shoulders. Hallelujah. He, he came to govern. He came to lead. He came to rule. Amen. Does he rule your life? When he speaks... Does his word have precedent in your life? Who's ruling your life? Think about that for a second. Jesus came to rule. Can he rule you? Did you know that when God wants to do something, he will never ask for your vote? Kings don't ask for your vote. Kings just speak. And what they say becomes law. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, 1 John 3, 8. 1 John 3, 8. Powerful, powerful, powerful verse. Hallelujah. 1 John 3 and verse 8. What did Jesus came to do? He that commits sin is of the devil... For the devil sins from the beginning. So when we sin, who are we listening to? The devil or our flesh, which is the realm that he operates in. Okay? If the devil wants to get you to do something, he will, t- he will give you a thought, idea, or suggestion, then your flesh will have to follow through with that. Now you can stop it as the thought, idea, and suggestion. It doesn't have to go any further. Right? You could reject it. You could resist it. You could say no. And the devil can't make you do it. Amen? But if you take that thought, idea, and suggestion, and you do it, you have now obeyed the instruction of the enemy. He who sins is of the who? The devil. Okay? For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Glory to God. Are you promoting the works of the devil, or are you destroying the works of the devil? We got, if we're going to partner with Jesus, we got to do what he did. Amen? Okay? So those, this might not be a conclusive list. There might be other things why he came. Amen? He came to heal. He came to show us the Father. He came to demonstrate compassion. He came to give us life abundantly. John 10.10, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life more abundantly. Everybody say abundance. God wants us to have an abundant life. Abundance. Abundance. 
More than enough. Plenty. Enough for you. Enough to share. Glory to God. Plenty. Abundance. You weren't called to live on Barely Get Along Street. You know, that street's located right next to Grumble Alley. (laughs) All right? God has called us to partner with him. Say, God's called me to partner with him. Yeah, he's given us an invitation, right? We're, we're a member of his family. We're here to represent the gospel, right? We are ambassadors. Amen? You know, everybody knows what an ambassador is, right? They go to another country with the means and the purpose of the country they came from, right? If I was an ambassador to Kenya, I would represent America, but I would, I would, America would pay me to live in Kenya, but I, I'd have to do what America wants done there. Amen? I can't just do my own will because I'm representing another country. Glory to God. God made us ambassadors. He made us representatives. All right? So we got to partner with him. God's a good boss. He will never ask you to do something that you're not able to do. He will never ask you to do something without him working with you. Did you know when the apostles, after Jesus resurrected in, uh, I think it's in Mark, or, or Matthew, it's either Matthew 28 or Mark 16, that they went and preached the word, and Jesus worked with them, confirming his word, with signs following. You know, Jesus, he, he, <laughs> you know, it's a big thing today to do uh, work from home. Jesus is working from home. Amen? He doesn't need a computer. He doesn't need Wi-Fi. He, 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 he's still working even though he's, he's at home, sitting on, near the throne. Amen? The Bible said that when they preached the word, he worked with them, confirming his word with signs following. Say, he's working with me. Hallelujah. Jesus, he, he invented work from home. Amen? Hallelujah. That just came up out of the spirit. I never thought about that until this moment. Hallelujah. All right? God has all the power, the authority, the might, the wisdom, and the compassion and peace and joy and love you will ever need. Amen? Hallelujah. To do what you're supposed to do. Everything that God did, everything that God provided is for us to do what he wants us to do. It's not to build a trophy case. Here's my grace trophy. Here's my joy trophy. Here's my love trophy. No, you're not supposed to build a trophy case. You're supposed to utilize those things in practical living with people. Take a sledgehammer and destroy that trophy case. Amen? You weren't designed to build a trophy with what God's given you. You're supposed to use it. Do it. It's practical. It's usable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God chose you. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Ooh. Now we're going to learn how to use his name. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. You know, let me just say this. If you want to cooperate with God, you're going to have to read his word. You can't use the excuse, I'm not a reader. Well, then listen to it. Find a way to get the word in you. 
we live in a, in a world today where we can get the word. If, you, if you're not getting the word in you, it's your fault. No one else. I mean, we got, we got advantages to this. Well, you know, can't use the excuse, I'm not a reader. God didn't ask if you're a reader. If you have a problem reading, he'll, he'll heal you. Amen? If you, if you have a problem reading, he'll help you. But if you're not reading, you're not feeding on life. That means your spirit is weak, weak, weak. And when you have a weak spirit, it's hard to hear his voice. It's hard to know his will. And you certainly will not operate in power. We got to be readers of the word so that we can do it. All right. Ephesians 1:18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness power? Notice this next phrase, King James to us word. What kind of power? His exceeding, the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, toward us, in us. There is a power that is working in us. It is the power of God. We have the power of God operating in us. That eliminates can't right there. Where's this power? It's not near you. It's in you. It's working in you right now. Every born-again believer has the power of God working in them. But the question is, are you working with it? I could have, I could sit in my car, I could turn it on, but if I never put it in gear, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, listen to the engine. Vroom, vroom. I could rev up that engine. Right? I could see the RPMs go up. I could hear the sound that the engine makes. But if I don't put it in gear, I'm not going anywhere. Some of you need to get it in gear with God. You've been in neutral or you've been in park. Sometimes maybe reverse. That's called backslidden. You know, when you're backsliding, you're not making progress. You're on slippery ground. You're losing ground. I know I've been backslidden before. When I was a late teenager, I backslid. I wasn't serving God. I was doing my own thing, going to parties, hanging out with my friends. The the church that I went to, the pastor left because they were struggling financially. I was a sheep without a shepherd. Amen. Didn't know any better. And I was wandering. I was doing things I shouldn't do. I was in places I shouldn't have been. But God had mercy on me. Thank God. I mean, because if he didn't have mercy on me then, I might not be here now because you know, when, you, when you're sinning, you do stupid things. Amen? I did stupid things. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, the mercy of God, thank God, he showed me mercy and he led me. And then when I came back to Jesus, the first thing I did was I bought a brand new Bible. And man, I fell in love with that thing. And you know, it's funny, when I fell in love with the word, I started to hear God's voice more clear. I started to hear him speaking to me and directing me. Didn't hear it while I was backsliding because I was deaf. (laughs) You know, I was listening to my flesh and my feelings and my emotions. Those are my leaders. They were never designed to be my leaders. I have them, but they're not to be, they're not designed to lead my life. All right. So there's a power that's working in us. Number verse 20, according to the working of his mighty power, verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He is talking about the same exact power that took place when Christ was risen from the dead. That is the same exact power that is working in us and operating in us right now. Say resurrection power 
is working in me. Hallelujah. And this power is power above all principality. How many principalities? There's not a principality in the kingdom of darkness that you're not over because of Jesus. Over all principality, over all power and might and dominion, God restored the dominion that Adam had before he fell. We have dominion in Christ. We can tread on serpents and scorpions. We can stomp on the devil. Hallelujah. One of my favorite brands growing up, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, heavy, I'm a heavenly medalist. I'm a, I'm a child. I mean, my teenage years were in the 80s. Big hair, tight pants. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and I, I don't know. I liked rap and heavenly metal. What, I, what do I say by heavenly metal? I listened to heavy metal that sang about Jesus. They sang the word, but it, was, it had a rocking beat. And one of my favorite groups was called Jerusalem. They're a group out of, they had a, they had an album called Dancing on the Head of the Serpent. And it had a guy with combat boots, a serpent's like this, and he's dancing on the head like this. Glory to God, we can dance on the head of the serpent. Why? Because there is a power from Jesus Christ working in us. God gave you the power to live the life that he wants you to live. Stop giving uh, heed to the devil and start giving heed to Jesus. It's just a simple shift, uh, just a simple decision. I'm going to serve Jesus, not the devil. Devil, shut up. And guess what? He will not say another word. Just one, one quick decision right that, like that. Hallelujah. He's put all things under his feet. Who, who, who's the body of Christ? Would that include the feet? So how many things are under his feet? Aren't we his feet? Aren't we his hands? Amen. We're the body of Christ, aren't we? So that would include that. Which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. All right. Glory to God. All right. So uh, go to Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two. All right. You ready, you, you ready to pick, pick up the speed a little bit? Philippians chapter 2 verse 9, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and gave him what? A name. What about that name? A name which is above, everybody say above. Every name. The name of Jesus is above diabetes. The name of Jesus is above cancer. The name of Jesus is above any kind of disease. Anything that with a name, Jesus is above it. Everybody say above it. You know, when something's above something, the something lower has to do with the something above says. Amen? Jesus told a fever to go from Peter's mother-in-law. That fever said, yes, sir, I'm out of here. That fever couldn't argue with Jesus. That fever couldn't say, I don't want to leave. When, Je- when the word spoke, when he spoke to that fever, everybody say he spoke to a fever. In other words, he told that fever to go because that fever was hindering her health. Okay. And she, you know, when you're, when you got a fever, you're hot. You don't feel like doing anything. You know, you know, and Jesus spoke to it and that fever, whew, it left. And guess what? You could speak to a fever too. Okay. A name above every other name. 
Why do you need to know the name of Jesus? Because it's, it's, the, it's the highest authority. It's a name above every name. Amen? And, and we cannot use the name of Jesus recklessly. You know, some people grow, growing up in church, you know, they would use the name of Jesus in a, in a, a way that they weren't really serious about it. You know, they, well, in the name of Jesus, you know, whatever. But they weren't really serious. Listen, the name of Jesus is serious. It's got some serious power. It's got some serious authority, right? And when we use the name of Jesus, we got to know that heaven backs that up. So we can't use it in a reckless, flippant manner, okay? All right, verse 10. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Cancer, you bow. Hallelujah. And guess what? When they bow, they have to obey. Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. All right? So he's given us uh, the name above every name, right? His name is Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen? His name represents his kingdom. His name represents his power. His name is associated with righteousness. You can't live like the devil and use the name of Jesus. Why? Because your actions are not lining up with his name, so it voids the authority. Go to John 14. How can we activate the name of Jesus? How can you go into a dark room and make the light, uh, make the darkness flee? If, if, let's just say if all these lights in this sanctuary were off, right? And, and Pastor Doug comes early. He comes before everybody. I'm not saying that I did because I didn't. And I, and I get up here and I say, I take authority over you, darkness. I want you to go. I want you to go. Would, would that work? No, just go turn on the switch. (laughs) If I was to speak to a darkness of a room, that would be foolishness. God would probably laugh at that. God would be saying, the Holy Ghost would be saying, son, there's a switch right over there. Just flip it. Amen? And so activating the name of Jesus is as easy as flipping a switch. John chapter 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12. So we know what what his purpose is, right? Do you know his purpose? How many are willing to do his purpose? What's his purpose? To seek and save that which is lost. You know... Part of our, part of our life is living for God, but then another part of our life is seeking the lost and how we can bring them to Jesus. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Right? Amen? Whether you wanted to be or not, you're in a family business. When you got born again, you got a job in heaven. <laughs> Amen? You got a job, the founder and CEO, Jesus, right? He, he employed you into his work, into his business when he saved you and when you accepted the terms of his salvation. 
You got employed. You became a soldier. You became a warrior. You're, you're a child and a warrior. Amen. And you became part of the family business. Guess what? Life is not all about you. It is about other people too. Hallelujah. Jesus is in the people business. And he wants you to reach people. Why? Because you're a people. People reach people. John chapter 14. Uh, let's look at verse 9. John 14 verse 9. Jesus said unto them, Have I been with you so long time with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How do you say then, show us the Father? Notice this next phrase in verse 10. Believe you not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Okay, if you don't believe that, then he said, The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. Then believe the word. He, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me. Do you think he's communicating believe him in these verses? Right? I mean, when you say something more than once, you're trying to make a point, aren't you? Jesus, he said, uh, have you not known me? He said, believe me, believe me that I'm in the Father, or else believe me for the work's sake. Verse 12 now, look at verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, number one, he that believes on me. If you're going to use the name of Jesus, you're going to have to believe in the name of Jesus. You're going to have to believe what it represents. You're going to have to believe that there's power in that name. You're going to have to believe that when you speak that name, something that you're talking to is about to change. Whether it's a sickness, whether it's a lack, whether it's uh, any kind of anything in life, amen, you can use the name of Jesus. It's been given to us by Jesus, right? Jesus wants us to use his name, amen? It's like giving someone a pen and you want them to write something, or giving them a keyboard if you want to ty- them to type something. If you want them to type something and they don't have anything to type it with, they can't type it. Amen? Or if I want you to write something, but I don't, if you don't have a pen, you can't write it. God gave us the tool to use so that we can use it. He gave us the name of Jesus. You gotta believe Him. You gotta have faith in the name of Jesus. See, I have faith in the name of Jesus. Believe on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Everybody say also. Did Jesus want you to do his works? Did Jesus want you to do what he he did? Does Jesus want you to live like he lived? Absolutely. Can we? Will we? Yes. Yes, Lord, yes. Amen. Let that answer. Yes, Lord, yes. Hallelujah. Jesus is talking here, and he said that you shall do the works also. Everybody say, also. That means just like he did them. Okay? And greater works shall you do, because I go to my Father. I'm retiring early. 
And I'm going to observe you from heaven. Where he's still working, by the way. So if Jesus is in heaven, how is his work going to get done that he started on earth? Us. You and I. We are the workers in his kingdom. We are the ones who send the gospel. We are the ones who preach the gospel. We are the ones who live the gospel. We are the ones who are carrying on his work. Why? Jesus is in heaven. But he left us. And he gave us his name. He gave us his authority. This August, you're going to send me to India. August 10th through the 20th, I'm going to India. I'm going to preach at Rama, India. I'm going to teach Bible students two classes, nine to five, Monday to Friday. I'm, 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 I'm spending like 50 hours on an airplane in airports. Glory to God. And I'm going to go represent VCF. Because out of Palmyra, we, send, we touch the world from Palmyra. Amen. And if you want to support me in that, you can. Just uh, send something to, mark something to the commission club. All right? But hallelujah. I already bought my ticket. Glory to God. And uh, we're going to touch India. I'm going to go represent the church family. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm going to go preach in a church there and preach to Bible students. Glory to God. All right? Things that are done and... Okay, look at verse 13. Verse 13. And whatsoever you shall ask in what? So when you pray, what is the key to answered prayer? In his name. Okay? That means you've got to ask in association with his will. God doesn't put his name on something that's not his will. Okay? So you've got to ask in his name. What happens when you ask in his name? I will do. Everybody say, he will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. So when you pray, you've got to say, Father, in the name of Jesus. And you've got to pray the will of God, which is the word of God. Amen? Is there, a, is there any situation that could come up in life that the word hasn't covered? Nope. None. Right? Hallelujah. So we've been given the authority to use his name. We're supposed to partner with him. This is how we partner with him and his purpose. Okay? Um, go to uh, John 15. L- oh, let me say this. Things done in association and cooperation in the name of Jesus gets done. Everybody say it gets done. You want to get something done? Put the name of Jesus on it. <laughs> I'm laughing because... I want my body to change its shape. So I got to put my, I got to put the name of Jesus on my workout. Amen. Why? Because then it'll get done. Amen. Lord, I'm lifting these weights for you. Hallelujah. I'm doing this exercise for you, Lord. Why? This is your temple. Amen. When you put the name of Jesus on it, it'll get done. When you speak the name of Jesus, there can't be any doubt. When you speak the name of Jesus, you've got to know that what you're saying is going to come to pass. Because it will. Alright? That's the authority that we have in his name. Okay? So, things done in association and cooperation in the name of Jesus get done. And it glorifies God. God backs up and approves things done in the name of Jesus. If you want God's backing, 
associate with the name of Jesus. Now, Jesus doesn't associate with unrighteousness. Jesus doesn't associate with evil. Jesus doesn't associate with abusing people. Jesus doesn't associate with laziness. Okay? I know, I've been lazy. Not today, not for a long time. But there's been times in my life that I've been lazy. And I know it, and God's corrected me on it. You know, God's got a way of helping us along. Amen? You know, I, I mean, I think about when, when Jesus went to a man who's been sitting at the pool of Bethesda, and he's been dealing with his illness for 38 years, and he asked him, do you want to be well? Well, I've been here for a long time, and I have no man. That's not what I asked. Do you want to be made well? I don't care how long you've been sitting here. Amen? Well, there's no one to put me in. Every time the water moves, I, I, I can't get there because I'm lame. Do you want to be made well? Well, the man said, you know, he was answering the question, no. I just want to sit here. I'm just so happy sitting here, not doing anything for God. I just like my space sitting here. Been here for so long. I, I have kept this place for a long time. What did Jesus say? Get, pick up your mat and walk. Get up. Look at your neighbor and say, get up. So obviously Jesus, Jesus wasn't a fan of him just, now obviously the man couldn't do anything because he was lame, but yet he didn't even know how to use the name of Jesus. If, if, if that man would have known how to use the name of Jesus, he could have avoided the water. He wouldn't have to wait so long. How many know when you know how to use the name of Jesus, you don't have to wait so long? Amen? Things will speed up when you use Jesus' name. You know, I think of when the, the disciples were in the midst of the storm, right? They're rowing, they're rowing, and they're not getting anywhere because the wind is against them. You know, hours, they're rowing. You know, wouldn't have someone thought who had heard Jesus say, boys, can't we use the name of Jesus in this thing? But no, they're rowing, they're rowing, they're rowing. They're not thinking about the name of Jesus. They're thinking about the storm. They said, keep rowing, but we're not getting anywhere. Keep rowing. When you're not getting anywhere, quit rowing. (laughs) And what happened? The moment Jesus stepped into the boat, they were at the shore. The moment his presence entered where they were, it sped up the process. And um, the disciples said, well, that was a lot better than rowing. Rowing is toil. Rowing rowing is human effort. You're not going to overcome a storm with human effort. You've got to use the name of Jesus. You've got to use your supernatural weapons. You've got to use your supernatural equipment. But so many people are, what are they trying to do in life? They're facing these storms and they're rowing. If I could just row some more. You can't row anymore. Use the name of Jesus. Speak to that storm. It'll quicken the process. Get up off your lazy spiritual self. Get in the book. Start using his name. Hallelujah. That's from a pastor who loves you. All right. Verse 14. If you shall ask anything in my name, what's going to happen? I will do it. Say he does it. All right. Go to John 15. I'm only going to show you two more verses. Hallelujah. John 15, 
verse 16. So the key to utilizing his name is you got to have faith in his name, and then you got to speak his name. Say, I, excuse me, say, I need to speak his name. The name of Jesus has to come out of your mouth. Amen? That's how we exercise authority. Okay? John fifteen sixteen. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Who, say, I'm chosen. chosen. Quit complaining about not being picked. God chose you. That's it. Stop complaining about not being picked. He picked you. He chose you. And ordained you. That you. That who? You. Say, he's talking about me. Should go and bring forth fruit. You're, you're supposed to bring forth fruit. I'm supposed to bring forth fruit. We are supposed to be fruitful. I have ordained you. Notice he didn't say, I'm going to bring the fruit. He said, you bring the fruit. Come on. Bring the, let's break some, let's make some fruit pies. Spiritual fruit pie. Bring the fruit. Bring the peaches. Bring the strawberries. Bring the apples. Come on. Bring the fruit. Bring the love, the joy, and the peace. Bring the excitement, amen, to the sanctuary. Glory to God. Come, say, oh, I can't wait to get to that church. And when you come, say, glory to you Walk through those doors and say, glory to God. Praise his name. This is church, amen. But instead, where are you going? I'm going to church. I'm going to praise the Lord. Yeah. Better start now. Don't come in that way. If you've got to praise the name of Jesus while you're sitting in the car before you, praise the name of Jesus and get it right, and then come in here and say, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen? You're not the seven dwarfs. I mean, my goodness, grumpy. What a name for grumpy. Sleepy. I don't even know all the other names. I think one of them was Doc. Well, you know. <laughs> off to church we go. <laughs> hi ho, hi ho. It's off to church. All right. <laughs> that you should go forth. You should go. You should go. You should go and bring forth fruit that your fruit should remain, and whatsoever you shall ask the Father, where, how? In my name, he may give it to you. So Jesus is the key to everything. All right, one final scripture. (laughs) Hallelujah, John 16, verse 23. John 16, verse 23 In that day you shall ask me nothing, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, what's going to happen? He will give it. He will give it to you. Say, he gives it to me. But you got to ask in association and cooperation with the name. That means you got to live it, you got to love him, and you got to say it. Amen? Say, I am cooperating... With Jesus, I'm an associate of Jesus. I work with him, and he's working with me. And together, 
We do great things for God. In Jesus' name, I'm healed. In Jesus' name, I prosper. In Jesus' name, I'm a success. In Jesus' name, I'm a good spouse. I'm a good single person. I'm a good man. I'm a good woman. Hallelujah. I was just trying to cover all the bases. You understand? Verse 24. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and what? You shall receive that your joy may be full. So the name of Jesus is the key to having joy. Amen. People were healed in Jesus' name. People were baptized in Jesus' name. People were restored in Jesus' name. Demons were cast out in his name. Amen. Uh, we're supposed to preach in his name. Uh, we, David confronted Goliath in his name. We're supposed to honor his name. We're supposed to hope in his name. We're supposed to give thanks to his name. And the Bible said, whether you eat or drink, do it all in his name. Everybody say in his name. We got to cooperate with his name. Amen. His name is great. His name is wonderful. His name is exalted. Amen. His name is great. We got to declare his name. We got to desire his name. Hallelujah. When someone gives you their name, that's a commitment of love. Amen. That's an honor. That's a privilege. Jesus gave us his name. Hallelujah. He said we're supposed to live in his name. We're supposed to love in his name. We're supposed to give in his name. We're supposed to worship in his name. Hallelujah. we got to do everything according to his name. Why? We've been made partners. We're in a partnership with the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. He made his name known to us. He gave us, uh, you know, companies develop a trademark or a name, right? And they establish it. They make it legal. And if someone else tries to use that name without permission, it's a lawsuit, right? The company who has the trademark says, I'm going to take you to court because you're using my name without permission. God has a trademark. God has a name, but he's given us permission. He's given us written permission in his word that we can use his name and it will be just effective as him himself being right there where we are in the situation at any given time. Hallelujah. We've been given express written permission by the Father because to use his name, glory to God. God. So let's not disrespect his name. If you have, repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for not recognizing your name. Please forgive me. If you need healing, his name is healing. He is Jehovah Rophe, the Lord who heals. Amen? If you need help, he's a helper. If you need direction, he's a guide. 
If you need love, he is love. If you need understanding, he is wisdom. And with wisdom comes understanding. He is everything that you need, want, and desire. Anybody need healing here today? If you need healing, I want you to come up right now. If you need help, I want you to come up right now. If you need direction, I want you to come up right now. If you need to make things right, make it right right now. Amen? Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But if you open the door, I will come in and I will sup with you. I will fellowship with you. I I will have a meal with you. Amen? He said, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. One conversation with